Hey everybody, we're back for another podcast. We're just sitting around the table, just having a conversation, and we thought, hey, this would make great podcast material. And it is, we are in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and it is a, I don't know if it's blustery, I haven't been outside. It's, it's a snowy, wintry day for sure. Yeah. Yep. So snowy, wintry day, we're just relaxing inside, getting some stuff done, and we thought, hey, what the heck? We were talking about some important things, and some of the things we're actually all processing in our own way together, so we thought, oh, let's talk about this, because I'm sure there's other people who are processing it, too. Anyone have anything to say? <laughs> well, one of the things we're talking about is is how, um, what Alyssa, well, Alyssa's sharing with us. Alyssa's sharing with us. About what she's processing through, <laughs> and how she's realizing a, you're, you're articulating and talking about things that uh, you were not able to, like, even three months ago, in terms of, like, the depth of your awareness of your yeah. ego and your shadow and your mind trying to hijack you into stories. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just pull me into so much fear and anxiety and mm -hmm. kind of keep me stuck there. And, and what you're talking about is, like, it's, it, why, is it, why is it easy but also still hard? Why is it easier now? Yeah. Right? And this is this is actually something that's really important to understand is that when you begin to normalize for yourself being aware, at first it's hard because your ego and your shadow fight against you tooth and nail. But once you have even a little bit of space, a little bit of consistent discipline and practice, it actually gets a lot easier, but you become also more aware of how often you're having to stop yourself and work at realigning and, and stopping your mind and your ego and your shadow from hijacking your your internal dialogue, your internal space. Oh, yeah, because I remember a few years ago when you do start to get into that space that you you realize how often you think those thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> that it runs on a loop in your head and you don't, mm -hmm. like, Yeah. you can't, you feel like, holy crap, I think this all the time. Yeah. Oh, wow, my mind is way too busy. This is like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. how much you actually worry about stuff. Like, yeah, all right. That you don't think you do. Yeah. Like, you don't think you worry about it, but you do. Yeah. Because that's uh. what, because basically, like, that's what happened yesterday is like, there mm. was like something that happened at work that I was like, well, that's annoying, but not my thing to yeah. worry about. Like, <laughs> it's not your responsibility. Not my thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then I ended up having like a really good day, so, like, went home, took a shower, and then, and then all of a sudden, my, the entire shower was just filled of like this one specific thing mm -hmm. that I had to be like, how can I fix this? How can I make this situation better? And just like running on a loop mm. of like a conversation of like, how can I tell something to this person so they'll still like me, but mm -hmm. keep like just all the stuff. And then I didn't like, I like didn't stop myself for like the maybe like 15 minutes of my shower. I wasn't mm. really even thinking. I was right. like so happy and relaxed of like you know I had such a great day and like all this stuff and it wasn't even on my mind until <laughs> until then and then after that I like caught myself and I was like okay hey, what am I doing like this it doesn't matter I don't need to worry about this mm -hmm. if this it's situation like comes up it comes up right like, you're trying mm -hmm. to solve a problem that's not there's a problem, problem. Mm -hmm. yeah right? like, like you're trying to it's weird how we have this preemptive thing yeah, in our, in gotta, our mind, we gotta, we gotta I think got all the possible problems. Yeah, yeah and stay ready mm -hmm. just in case these things happen. And then after that, like I was able to like make myself food and like relax a bit. But then as soon as I got super relaxed, I had all this fear come out, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> I don't want to do this." Yeah. Well, what a lot of energy we put into that, hey? Like, yeah. Wow, it's crazy. Like so much, and I and I found that mm -hmm. like the more that I am able to catch myself and relax the more stuff that is able to come out which yep. to me at first always felt like I feel like I'm like it's counterproductive where I'm failing at something mm -hmm. by these feelings coming out I'm not but doing like, enough yeah. yeah or it's like or it's like oh like I should yeah like I should I did should have done more so I wouldn't be feeling like this right yep, now exactly but it's like yeah the, the, ju to, the judgment of actually feeling relaxed yeah the judgment against it oh my it. gosh yeah I mean I've always been able to relax, you know, you know, sit, read a book, yeah. hang out by the river, whatever. But it was when I actually started paying attention to the internal dialogue and the mechanisms. Yeah. And there's a different space in terms of, you know, being in a, in a meditation practice. Yeah. Versus actually being aware. Yeah. 
I mean, a lot of people generally figure out. <laughs> a, a lot of people end up believing that meditation is the only way to have that space. Yeah. And they never ever discipline themselves when they're not meditating. It's just like people who, mm -hmm. who go to who go to um, um, a karate class once a week and, and say they're doing karate instead of practicing every day, yeah. or who go to yoga once yeah. a, once a week or twice a week and say they're doing yoga but they have no home practice, right. mm -hmm. or, or people who have you know who own a car but never drive it and say they know how to drive. Right. Yeah, it's a con. Right. It's a thing you yeah. have to practice. Like right. it's a practicing thing. Yeah, and <clears throat> and this is this is one of the things that I I've witnessed a lot in. Uh, as a martial artist, as someone who's gone to like meditation community workshops and stuff like that, and who was deeply, you know, in the New Age community here for a long time, that a lot of people, yeah, you had weekend warriors everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you start talking to people about your daily practice and you did sort of get, oh, yeah, I do that, you know, once in a while. Well, yeah. it's kind of but like how, do you, how, how people... do you do that every day? I'm just like, yeah. how, how do you not? Yeah. yeah, that's what I always wonder is how do you not do it every day? Like once you get into it and you build the momentum, how do you not do be conscious of where what where you're at every minute all the time? Yeah. Exactly. It's a lot yeah. of work at first, at first. Like but when you build up that momentum, it's just there. Yeah. And yep. then you know how you're feeling all the time. Yeah. Cuz that's the thing is like I've noticed that like a lot of people seem to find spirituality as like a hobby. Yep. It's like mm. a, you know, like you said, like a fun little thing to yeah. do. Go to church once a week. Makes me feel <laughs> yeah, special. Yeah, yeah makes, yeah, make, yeah, makes, good makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah. I right? get some friends like, yeah. who do the same thing, and you all reinforce that weekend warriors mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, but it really is like, I and mean, that's why they call it like spiritual practice, right? Yeah. Because it, well, you it practice is. All it, it's like a consistent thing mm -hmm. that, like, it's a skill. You have to catch yeah. yourself on. And I still am learning that, <laughs> like, more and more every day that it's like. Yeah, even with like you know the, like lately it's been like even the music that I'm listening right. to, right. that's like okay, well like like asking myself why, mm -hmm. why am I feeling like I need to listen to this or like mm -hmm. is it something that like mm -hmm. I actually agree with or is it right. just something that has like a catchy beat that gets stuck in my head for like hours on end? Mm -hmm. One so, so an example for me, a learning experience for me, was a quote from Buddha, where Buddha says, "Question everything." including right. my words. And a lot of people that I met in Buddhist communities and Jewish community, they use that as a validation to question everything they don't agree with. Yeah. Not question everything, but only question things that do not agree with their ego. Yeah, and make them uncomfortable. And make yeah. them uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it's the uncomfortable things that we really need to look at. Like, yeah. why does something make me uncomfortable? Yeah. And to understand why it makes us uncomfortable. Exactly. Right? The why is so important. Yeah. People don't don't ask why Buddha said that. Like, yeah. Oh, it's wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta gotta use that wisdom. Yeah. So and they you don't, don't really question why the he wisdom, said that in the first wisdom. place. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's just knowledge, like knowledge without any kind of. It's not wisdom. Well, there was a quote about that. I can't remember what book that was in, but there's something. But the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. It's like you can learn a lot of things, but wisdom is like being able to take that knowledge and apply how do you it. use it? How do you apply it? And mm. it's over time. Yep. You become wise over time because you've practiced things, not because. I read a lot of books and mm -hmm. I remember a lot of things. Like you can know a lot of facts. Well, in 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 the martial arts, there there's two there. The the adage or the saying in 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 Chinese martial arts is like you're either a scholar or a boxer. Mm -hmm. You're either mm -hmm. someone who reads books, or you're a person who practices. Right. You're either someone who who researches and accumulates information, but never uses it never puts it into practice mm -hmm. or you're someone who acquires experience yeah. and knowledge and puts it into practice and actually learns how to use what they have learns how to actually be a boxer yeah yeah and i remember when i first read that i was just like wow and then i looked at all the books on my shelf and went hmm <laughs> and of course like 20 years ago when i started learning bagua yeah. I was still reading books and I, you know, the first two years I was still weekend warrior in it because I was trying to, I hadn't dedicated myself to my practice. Right. I already had my Qigong and I was doing karate still and my Tai Chi. 
And it wasn't until I actually put my books down and actually put time in. Like, I was still spending hours, like, three or four hours a day reading books. Mm, When I could be, you know, practicing and actually, like, learning from my practice. So it was about the second year that I actually started doing that. And I just put my books down. And, you know, again, you know, God bless my friend Phil, who's learned Bagua with me at the same time. It's just like, and he, he actually said it one day. He's like, books are good. But until you actually, like, learn how to practice... Yeah. Then your oh, practice no. is empty, and 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 you empty. won't actually know the yeah. art. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he was classically trained in in China in um, Wu style Tai Chi and and Hungar and Wing Chun, and he came here and he, he taught me standing stick. And it was you know he had little you know, he dropped little bits of wisdom like that because he, you know he had like fifteen years on me and he had he had that experience of like I had these manuals I read them. Once I started putting them into practice, I finally actually understood the manuals. Yeah. I didn't understand what I was actually reading and learning until I actually started practicing. Mm-hmm. And and he'd always say stuff like that. And he was a great mentor and uh, an awesome inspiration because he he was smaller than me and but he was stronger than me because of his practice. <laughs> I'm going the, the you know the proof is in the pudding, right? You're putting yeah, it on the ground. He, he knows how to use his body. Like yep. he learned yep. his body. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing. And and in a lot of the workshops we take with Darlene and, and we talk about it all the time, it's like how are you using your mind? Exactly. You know, even when you say where yeah. what's your what is your mind doing <laughs> when you ask I know, that question all the time. I know. It's but it's like, like how are you using your mind? Yeah. Are you using your mind to like run the hamster yep. wheel of like yeah. I need to like Pretty. figure everything out like right yeah. now, la la or are you using it to go, Oh, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. need to do that. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I realized like with all the books, I was trying to figure out how to before actually doing. Yeah. No, yeah, and you can't really feel, figure it out. Yeah, because exactly. <laughs> you try it's it. Like, it's like, one of those yeah. things that like it makes you feel like, oh, if, uh, if I can, yeah, if, if, if I know this, then I can feel comfortable to yeah, do it. Exactly, but it's a control like, thing. It's a yeah, total yeah. control thing. Totally. And I realized that, and then I put myself through the paces. You know, I even stopped lifting weights right. because I wanted to not have any other interference with with feeling my body or learning how to listen to my body for the circle walking, mm. for the bagua, for the foundations that I wanted to set. Yeah. Because that's like what I read in all the traditional knowledge, all the, all the books that talked about Bagua. It's like, don't do anything other than Bagua for the first three years. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Oh, and wow. that was really hard for me because I'm like, I loved lifting weights. I loved all my other martial arts. I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, but I did it. Mm-hmm. And I, I listened to the traditional wisdom of just practicing the first two palm changes, mm, right? Over yeah, over and over and over again. Because you're you're always encouraging people in our classes, like the first two palm changes have everything. I have everything in it. And then there's so many people that are, but I want to learn three and I want to learn four. four. And I, we have to learn all of them. And yeah. but I know even in my own practice, I was like that too, where I'm like, oh, I want to learn. Because mm-hmm. when I started with you, when I did Magui, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think I've learned, I learned six, up to six really well, because yep. that's what we did in class, and then I learned seven, eight, but I, I have, I don't remember those. And then J- Jang style, I've just started learning four. Mm-hmm. And when I started to do Jang style, I did one and two a lot. Mm-hmm. And then three took me a while to get out of my head, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then now it's like flowing pretty good. And, mm-hmm. well, and, and you're... But it's also recovering from surgery has given me an even another, another level right. of awareness of my body, like, oh, wow, like I move this way. And mm-hmm. because my fascia is so tight in my abdomen, oh, yeah, right. you really literally cannot help but feel yep. what your fascia is doing right. or what it's not doing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. That's been very interesting. And also, I came to the realization that you can go so much deeper by doing one and two, doing it very slowly, deliberately. There's just a different level of practice that you can do should you choose to do it. It's not just about, well, I want to learn all of these. Well, don't we all? But what are you learning it for? Is it just for your own ego that I know them? Yep. Or is it? Are you actually trying to do something for your body? Are you trying to learn Those the art? Those are different things. Yeah, are the you trying art. to learn the yeah. art of you body can, method yeah. versus m- mental analysis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and your flow, like doing Bagua, even like when you, last time I saw you do number three, how the f- flow was still there even after surgery. Even though you hadn't done it in a while, I was just, I'm just like grinning from ear to ear, going, "Ha ha ha, cool." Mm-hmm. 
And but the, it's literally because my abdomen was like, okay, for those listening, I had abdominoplasty. So for me, because I know different people have that surgery and they have slightly different things done, even though it's like the same procedure, because I know it's, it is different for everyone, as I've talked to other people that have had it done. Mine was, you know, bringing my rectus abdominis back together, taking off like the huge bag of skin and everything that was left over from my C-section. And, but the way that they do it, it's, it's quite fascinating. <laughs> it's like they kind of peel you back like those old, old fashioned, yeah, yeah. Can, you know, when they open the can with the key, can of, can the can of, can of sardines that you open with the key, you peel <laughs> everything yeah, up yeah. and down yeah. and then they pull it all back together. And you like, I literally feel like I've got this sheet inside. I call them my suspenders of fashion that I can feel every time I move. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's the weirdest thing, but also kind of cool because you can actually feel what it's doing, and I've never felt my body on that level before. So, you know, people are always like, oh, why do you want to have that surgery done? Well, you know, I wanted to be to be put back together after yeah, four exactly, pregnant, five exactly. pregnancies, actually, yeah, right. and having my <laughs> muscles all over the place. Like, I really wasn't structurally very mm-hmm. sound. Exercise was very difficult. There were things I couldn't do yep. because of it. Yep. And now it's like I can do them, and I actually feel my body on a completely different level. Right. So as difficult as recovery has been, but actually being able to exercise, and every time you move, you feel all that fascia is like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to swear. It is, though, because it's like, wow, I have not felt my body on that level before. And being very deliberate, too, when you're doing the forms, you really place your body instead of just doing the movement without thinking. Yep. Or, well, not thinking, but um, because you don't want to think and be in your head. But what I don't know, what am I trying to say? Because just being deliberate about what I'm doing and being able to focus on my body rather than like, la, 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 I'm trying to get through the forms and then I'm done. You know, kind of like a lot of people exercise, they run for 30 minutes, they read a book, they watch the you're, TV. You're, you're consciously walking through the forms. But you're consciously going through it. You're consciously going through yeah. the forms instead of falling through it. Gee, I had a lot to say. <laughs> about that <laughs> but I mean what, what you're seeing actually actually reminds me of one of my secret weapons in terms of learning and my own sensitivity is like missing the tips of my fingertips on my right hand and having broken my right arm everything in my right hand and arm and pretty much up into my shoulder and having um, dislocated or, or sprained my right hip when I was 11 years old everything right. on the right side of my body feels different than the left side of my body so I'm super conscious of my hand, my right side, like all the yeah. fascia, the tendons, connections, everything like that. So huh. for me, yeah. listening to my body is like it's, everything is super loud when I'm do when I do one thing with my right hand versus what it feels like with my left hand. And I know that if I get it on my right side, I can transfer it to my left side, mm. and oh. I and I can express it and I can f- translate that feeling across my body Interesting. into my left side. So I have one whole side of my body is different. Like from the age of 14, I, I, I sprained my, my hip when I was 11, broke my arm when I was 14, but my fingertips, mm-hmm. everything's been tight in my right hand because of how the fashion tendons are all pinched in my first two fingers. Mm-hmm. So what you're talking about in yeah. terms of feeling the fashion, the suspenders, is like, yeah. Like when I when I started working out with weights, like that's what I would do. It's like I'd, I'd you know, do a, a, a bench press. And I would sit there and I would listen and I would reach left and right with my hands, feel what was going on in my body because as soon as I extended my right hand, it would pull everything because everything's tighter. So mm-hmm. it felt like I had, I could feel like the suspenders of the, the fascia and the ropes of yeah, the fascia yeah. left and right, up and down. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons why like Bagua really geeks me out and Qigong just blows my mind because it has given me a toolbox to not exactly categorize or label but to understand all of the feelings inside my body from having this unique experience or just this uniqueness of having my fingertips missing right. and, and all the fashion on my right arm being tighter as a result. Interesting. That so is interesting. it's also like the feedback that it gives me is also one of those things when I was learning the martial arts where, where I get it with my right arm and I try and reproduce it with my left and my mind would always try and distract me from what I was feeling. So in terms of like what we were talking about earlier, like what you're processing, listen, in terms of like stopping your mind, when I started learning Bagua, it was a huge, because like, like even just doing the first bare palm, mm-hmm. both arms feel completely different all the time. 
Oh, I'd imagine, right? Because, like, on one hand, you could probably feel the fascia all the way to your finger, like the finger, because you have fingertips on the left hand. But the other hand, it would feel different because they're they're cut off. Yeah. There. Any any of the postures Mm. in Bagua or even any of the movements in the EPs of brocade that we teach in class, like one side to the other feels completely different. So I'm always so, and that's like Mm. in Qigong when you listen to your the blood in your body. And that depth of awareness and listening to your body is something that your ego will fight. Your mind will fight against being aware of that and relaxing into and accepting that you can actually hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what definitely got me yesterday. Because you're relaxed. <laughs> so I was like, and I've been going through that <laughs> yeah, in the last right. few months, and that's why we were having this conversation. We're like, let's talk about this, because yeah. the first time that I could feel my entire body completely relaxed... I freaked out. My ego freaked out because I went, oh, I've never felt that level of relaxation before. Yeah. And I, and then I would have pockets of it mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. be kind of pulled back in and out of that space because you have to let go of like the stuff that that's actually. But it's like my, at that time, that one time, my ego was like, yeah, but if you completely relax, like you can feel how the tension holds yourself together. But it holds yourself in a really tight space. Mm-hmm. But you can actually relax that on a cellular level, yep. which is yeah. crazy to think about that, that you could actually consciously control yourself on a cellular level. I do believe that. Absolutely believe that we could do that. Well, your, your mind, the energy, the, the electromagnetic frequency charge from your brain through your nervous system affects all your cells. Yeah. This is why understanding your, your mind is so important. Relaxing your mind is so important. What was really difficult for me when I first... Uh, began to understand this is that I could relax my body but my mind would still be going a mile a minute yeah right and it'd be like what like there would be like a freaking orchestra going on in my head <laughs> of all these like yeah. players playing their blah 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 their conversation be like attitude holy <laughs> cr- yeah yeah you're right right <laughs> bunch of cats in the alley <laughs> like yeah that, like my my, my <laughs> ego my mind would be having a rock concert in my head yeah. while my body was like you know like really relaxed oh my god and i realized wow okay mm. there's this huge gap in terms of aligning my mind and my body and even though my body was pretty relaxed i could still feel the underlying tension in my body because my mind wasn't relaxed when because again, my hand, my feeling of in my body of rela- being relaxed and engaging my awareness. Well, and it's on a cellular level mm-hmm. that our bodies wants to be ready. Like even in your head, when you're yep. thinking those yep. thoughts, yeah, of like, oh, I, I gotta like be ready for this uh, just in case it happens. Mm-hmm. Our bodies on a cellular level actually have that fight or flight. Like, we got to be ready. Got to be ready. Got to be ready. Chemi- chemically hardwired into mm-hmm. our system until we change our body chemistry. And we change our body chemistry by actually relaxing our minds, stopping our mind, and, and stepping into observation and stillness. Mm-hmm. And when I first realized this and realized, like, how much tension was I was, like, in yeah. all the time, even though I knew how to relax and you know, waste my time or whatever, just like chill and like watch TV or read a book or like go for a walk, or whatever. Yeah. I realized that my mind was still going a mile a minute and just like, wow, like I didn't understand that that was actually happening. And it is like having to break it down and having to practice and how to stopping it. Just, you know, using mantras or like going for a walk, listening to my feet. I and mean, this is one of the things that I, I really appreciated about having a job where I could go and walk in the underground downtown mm-hmm. and run errands and listen to my feet right. and pay attention to my feet. When I started like to feel that pressure in my head to all to trying to like hijack me with all these maybes, mm. all these maybes yeah. that might happen and trying to figure out the resolutions and answers to all those maybes that, you know, at the end of the day, like one of the things that I realized is like, I was worried about this all day and it never happened. Yeah. It's two weeks later and it never happened. What the How heck? much energy did you put into that, right? Oh my god, yeah. I'm going so that was like okay, that that was that was a flag on the play where it's like yeah. when that started to happen, I was just no 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 just stop. We don't even know. We don't even know. Yeah. And I literally had that conversation with that part of my mind. It's like we don't even know. Stop it. This is stupid. Yeah, but I think that's something that I'm just now realizing that I've done that my whole life. Mm. Yeah. With everything. Mm-hmm. Like always have, trying to like be Me ready. Me too, or I'm older like, than you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> 
But it's like that, yeah. like my whole life, like I've always had to have like conversations on just like on hand, like how I was going to handle situations. Like if someone came up to me on the street and did this, what I, what would I do? Like, <laughs> would I smack them with my water <laughs> bottle or I hit them with my key? Like uh, trying to come up with the best like solution. But it's like what I, what I've been kind of like going through is like, you just have to trust yourself that you're going to do yep. the best thing that you can to the best of your ability in the, the situation you're in. And you can't prepare for anything. No. And you, you just have waste to put trust your energy. Into, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't waste. Trying to think of a plan yeah. that may or may yeah. not happen. Because yep. the thing is, is you're yeah. going to handle it how how you're going to handle it. And yep. the way you do it is just fine. Yep. And like, like that's, yeah. I, I got my journal out because you actually gave me a really good definition or explanation thing Kelly oh, yeah. last, last week or whatever week it was because I all of a sudden one day I had like just fear coming up just mm-hmm. fear releasing from my body and now I'm trying to remember exactly what it was about oh but it was about but this is what you wrote back to me so I thought I gotta, oh, I gotta okay. say this out loud okay. that I was going through a conscious transition from ego control and shadow projection as a way to manipulate and control my reality. So I have been, I'm making, when you make that conscious transition from your ego wanting to be in control and because I'm taking some courses, I'm going to say that out loud, (laughs) that I'm really (laughs) excited about and there's business opportunities that we're looking at. I've also said that out loud before too, so I'm putting (laughs) that out there that... As I'm gonna cry, that instead of pushing to make things happen, and but coming up with a plan and every day figuring what is it I need to work on today, yeah, because you can have your plan. We kind of talked about this, I think, in our last family podcast that you can have blinders on and just blindly follow, and you still might get there. But are you gonna be happy? Are you going to actually? explore all the different ways that you could get there or yeah. open your mind to other possibilities mm-hmm. or are you just exactly. gonna you know blindly go yeah. and so the allowing things to be without the need to control it which mm-hmm. is like huge for me because as a mom you talk yeah. about um Alyssa you were talking about you know those contingency plans in your head all the time yeah, yeah. but as a mom it was a for me it was like hard to relax because I was often home alone with you guys so I was like, like okay what if this happens and okay this is how I'm gonna handle that well what if this happens and what if this person gets taken then where am I gonna blah 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 yeah. like there's always like mm-hmm. like so many things there's always something so it's just knowing that you know what you gotta relax and just be I can handle it yeah and yeah. I, I think because I felt when I was younger that I, I couldn't handle it or that I wasn't. Oh, Natasha's joining us. Yay. Awesome. <laughs> to eat my food. Hello, Natasha. Yeah, <laughs> we're just all kind of hanging out. Yeah, if you stuff. heard cooking noises in the background, it was Natasha. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> and another thing that Kelly wrote to me was feeling safe, or I maybe I wrote this part, I don't know, because I wrote that, but feeling safe in myself is a form of actively participating through surrender to spirit and to my heart. So that I'm not trying to control every outcome. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to control even the process. I understand what the process is, but it's feeling out how we're going to get there. And I was freaking out that day. Well, I, I wasn't know. freaking yeah. out. My my ego was trying to go, hey, we should freak out because you're way too relaxed. Yeah. And I was like, nah. Yeah, and then I was exactly like, I had fear and I cried because, you know, you're. whenever I release <laughs> things, I cry. That's my superpower. Yep. <laughs> Put that out into the universe, too. Crying is good for you, people. Yeah. Release your emotions. Don't stuff them down. Bottle them hurts. Like a grenade. No, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to read that out because that was something like the conscious transition. Because when yep. you're consciously mm-hmm. transitioning, your ego is going to fight you. It's yep. going to be like this little bitch that's like, yeah. you know, just like, come here, you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and this is, this is something that's really important to understand. Actually having a conscious transition. Where yeah. you are actively conscious and participating in consciously letting go in that moment is something that is not seems to not be understood in terms of the mechanics of awareness. There are a lot of people that made their careers on having this amazing uh, awakening moment where they have one moment, right? And they're not they don't even understand what happened in that moment. Yeah. And when you when you actually interact with their information, one moment is the beginning. People. One moment is the beginning, and they haven't had a moment since. 
yeah. or anything else since. I'm going, uh-huh. And this is sort of like the fallacy of uh, Western minds uh, appropriating Eastern concepts of enlightenment, where people think that enlightenment is one moment. Yeah. And then you're, you're changed for the rest of your life, and then you are permanently enlightened. Well, you are changed for you the rest changed. of your life, but you got to keep you gotta going with it, and it's yeah. practicing. And it, like it is, it is, it is the same thing yeah. as reading a book and think you understand the world. A yeah. book. Yeah. When there are how many countries in the world that you've never visited? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so I many think. layers to it. Yeah. And one of the, the, you know, what I'm trying to get to is that an active, tra- an, uh, an actively conscious transition is what you want to make every day, every moment that you are challenged and you hold space for yourself. You want to, you want to have an active, conscious transition away from being hijacked or it being on auto autopilot, mm-hmm. and being aware, stepping into observation and watching yourself stop your mind, stop your ego, stop your shadow. And hold that space so that those patterns dissolve. And you have to be actively participating in order to make that happen. Because and you can feel very agitated. You can feel super agitated. You can feel agitated. super agitated. You could feel all the emotions that you haven't allowed yourself to feel. Sometimes it's yep. anger. Sometimes it's grief. Grief is, a, is behind a lot of anger. A lot of sadness. I know for me, whenever I'm angry, I'm like, oh, I'm sad about something. Right. What am I sad about? What have I not yep. allowed myself to feel? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the the other thing too is that when you are um, actively, consciously transitioning, it is a lot different than what the Western world has appropriated from, like say Buddhism or mm-hmm. Taoism, where you have these you know flashbang moments of enlightenment. Yeah. You're struck by a thunderbolt. Mm. You know, Buddha's thunderbolt of clarity, yada, yada, yada. I've had spontaneous heart openings in my life. Mm-hmm. Where, but I remember at least two of them where I didn't really didn't know what to do with it Right. at the time. Mm-hmm. I had a few tools in my toolbox. And then I met you and I started working with Darlene and then being more conscious. Like, because I had read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you kind of know, but not. And then sometimes it takes working with people who are also doing it to to actually know how to use the tools that you've yeah. got. Because yeah. like you said, like we're, I don't know, was that the beginning of this podcast? But like where you can have a lot of knowledge but not yes. stuff because <laughs> you no, don't know yeah. how to, yeah, we're you know, it's like reading a book about and, yeah. gymnastics and then going, oh, I can do gymnastics where it's like, well, yeah, no, you have to start off doing rolls mm-hmm. and cartwheels and do all the basics and then you build up yep. to the, to yep. more refined skills. And it's really about getting more refined as you go, mm-hmm. you know, like for example, now when I feel angry, I'm like, oh, there's something I'm sad about. I can kind of not skip anger, but I can feel the anger and go, oh, let's go yeah. do the sadness yeah. because that's really what's underneath yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's look at the anger. Let's see what it's hiding. What is it hiding? Because the anger, anger for me always wants to hide something yeah. else. It's like, oh, come on. Let's be mad about this because blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, wait. Ang- anger and I'm always hides other things. Anger yeah. always, always hides other things. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why actively participating in your consciousness is so important because then you give yourself your own toolbox by being aware of your mind and your awareness and your patterns and how your mind is hijacking you and telling you stories and getting you to fixate on something. Yeah. So that you tell yourself a story. I mean, I I I used to be bad for that. I would be like, you know, doing the most mundane things and I'd have a million stories going through my head in terms of like how I was gonna fix that, mm. do this or talk to this person about blah blah blah. Yeah. And it's a control method. And it's like when you step back and go, okay, that isn't, you know. And for me, one of of the things that actually taught me this at an early age is how to step back from that is living out in the country. When you live out in the country, you pack for the day. You even pack in case you go into the ditch. And I remember the number of times where I would would be concerned or worried as a teenager that we're going to go in a ditch and except we went like back and forth back and forth back and forth yeah. and it never happened and I realized I was like I should just stop worrying about that and like I didn't 
yeah. quite understand what I was actively doing, but I was realizing, I you know, we're safe. We have all the stuff in case we go into the ditch. Hmm. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. Right, yeah. I know, well, I guess as a mom, mm-hmm. it's like you're ha- when you have little kids, you're always, you always got a bag. You got a bag with a diaper bag. Because yeah. your baby's always going to need something, <laughs> whether yeah. it's diapers, wipes, food, whatever. And then even when your kids are a little older and toddlers, you're like, okay, a simple shopping trip, even to get groceries or just to run in to get something, because we lived out in the country too. Yeah. It's never simple. It wasn't simple because you wanted to make sure that, okay, well, in case we get stuck here, you got to have snacks and you want to be prepared and you got to have extra clothes because you never know if somebody's going to yeah. poop themselves or something, you know. Oh, I know, right? Someone can't make it to the bathroom if you're somewhere that they can't go. Like, So there's always that planning part of your mind. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah. for me it's that i got to slow that down and not yeah overly plan anymore like you guys were saying we can we can watch the home fires you don't have to yeah. and my ego's like what <laughs> i don't well, understand and, and I that's, that's a good point though because it's 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 good to be prepared mm-hmm. but yeah. like but to also realize like to that like you you're not going to be able to control anything and you happens. can't prepare for everything anyway no you again you like, can you just have to do yourself but you you can never yeah. you can never yeah. Uh, be sure what other people are going to do. Exactly. That's that, true. That, yeah. The amount of conversations that I've had with people in my head, they don't follow the script. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it's yeah. in person. That, that, that wasn't was how the... I know. Yeah. yeah. When it's in person, right. no one ever follows the script. So it's like you have to I, just yeah. like... Yep. Just know that, like you, you can be prepared yeah. best you can. Because how many conversations do you have? Like, well, what if they say this, and then you have this conversation because they, they, and, and then they, you've tweaked what they said in your head, and then nothing yeah. ever like what you yeah. thought it was yeah. or what you yeah. wound it up to be. Your because you're always so, and you're like preparing uh, for like trying to prepare for everything yeah. someone could say. So you really yeah. you don't have any you don't, you have to let go of like any level of control that you think you mm-hmm. think you have because. It, circumstances yeah. are not up to and, you. And what you have to do is you have to step back <laughs> and keep your mind and heart open. Yeah. Yes. Which exactly. your ego and your yeah. shadow don't like because they want the control. Yeah. They want they want to project onto the situation all these assumptions mm-hmm. so they can control you through projecting all the fear of what if, what if, what if, what if, yeah. what if. Exactly. And then it's just like... Yeah. Well, the last couple of years for me with the house renovations we had... And the company that was doing them, my goodness, I had to stay on top of them. And I always had to be mindful that I wasn't, and I couldn't control how they were going to take it. Because sometimes they were very nice and polite, and other times they were just awful. And, you know, I had to stand my ground and say, hey, you guys are supposed to do this. What's happening? And I had to keep on top of them. But it it was a constant, like checking myself all the freaking time like okay i'm angry don't respond to this in anger because you're just gonna make the situation worse so let's deal Mm -hmm. with this how angry i am that this is you know they're not honoring what they're supposed to do but i've also had an opportunity to do that in personal relationships too where people would say things or do things and they would trigger me because i had been not speaking my mind for such a long time and then it was sort of like no i can't keep not saying things to people because I'm not doing myself or them any favors because I'm not really being true if I'm just being a yes person Mm -hmm. just to keep the peace. Mm -hmm. I have to be able to like stand up to people or just even speak my mind and I cannot help. And that was, oh, that was, I want to say stressful, but only because my ego was making it stressful that I would say something to people and then I'd be like, I don't want to open this email. I don't want to, I don't want to see what's there. Mm -hmm. And I would literally leave it for a couple of days just to get myself in a good space where I could look at it, but also to give myself that space to go, you know what? I also do not have to respond to everything right away Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. when somebody wants me to. And Mm -hmm. I think in our society with texting emails, because communication can be instant. We're always wanting somebody to react right away. Yeah. And we don't give ourselves yeah, a space to in, go, hmm, it's an ego gratification. you know what, I'm a little upset with this. I think I'm just going to like go over here and play in my sandbox and then I will, yeah. I will invite you over when yeah. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And I think we've lost that where we don't have that patience to communicate with ourselves or other people because we want that, we want it, well, I want yeah, it right now, we, I want we, an answer well, right and now. And that, that goes to active participation again. Yeah. Right? Where we don't where we don't understand that we can just wait. 
we don't have to respond immediately. We're not beholden. We don't know anyone, anyone anything. Yeah. Right? And that's a hard and, thing and this sometimes. Is, yeah, right? I mean, I know, like, for, for me, again, you know, grateful for, for being able to work with my mom for such a long time. And one of, the, one of the things that she actually gave me and supported me is just speaking my mind. Mm-hmm. Even if she totally disagreed with me at work about projects. Right. Mm-hmm. because she always valued she, she knew like I'd, I'd sit in a meeting one of the things that she loved about having me in, in <clears> meetings <throat> with her along especially going and talking to you know uh, politicians and ministers and stuff like that was you know I would pick up on stuff like she would be busy presenting information and I could watch the room mm. and she appreciated my perspective on, on the people that we were meeting and that we were talking to and she gave me, you know, full reign because this is actually something that we do when we were younger. She realized when I was a kid that, I, that I'd watch the room and I'd, I'd catch adults being stupid right. behind her back or, you know, or doing something. Because she's busy probably doing yep. other things, taking yep. care of things, but you're observing. I'm observing. I'm the thing, yeah. especially like when I was so a kid. So she trusted your yep. observational skills. Uh-huh. That's nice. Yeah, That's nice. I know, right? So, you know, even though... You know, my mom and I have, you know, had our, our differences and our issues. There's a lot of things that my mom and dad supported me in, in terms of actually being able to express myself and and express my honest opinion, even if I disagree with them completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, sometimes it's a positive outcome, sometimes it's a negative or a, <clears throat> or, or a learning experience outcome where we really didn't agree with each other. And we just learned how to accept our, our perceptions of reality. Sure. And... It was, it was sort of like one of those things, like especially because like working when email happened and I'd have to sift through hundreds of emails a day mm. at work and just have to, you know, not take things personally because we get, you know, emails from this minister or that executive director of that group who basically, you know, was either being greedy or, you know, wanted something, wanted, you know, what was in it for them kind of, kind of deal. Right. Yeah. It's politics, politics everywhere. And not, you know, not, you know, when it first started happening, it would trigger me and I would like, you know, get really angry and want to do something about it. And of course, my mom at the time was like, well, no, we can't quite do, we can't really do that. And yes, it would be nice to sort of, you know, you know, be able to give them a, an honest piece of our mind, but this is sort of, you know, and especially dealing with politics, you got to literally think like seven years down the road because, you know, you got people who get elected sometimes for two terms, which is, you know, eight years and then you got to, you got to plan in, in multiple, you know, uh, term projects and mm-hmm. stuff like that so it was always long-term thinking it was always long-term planning and that was one of the things that got me into being able to not take emails personally yeah you guess you really have to work it yeah not oh, taking man. it personally and, and, such a, and I was such a playing th- a long game yep I guess I have such a thick yeah. skin because of doing all the environmental work yeah because you really don't take things personally <laughs> Like, you're a good example of someone who does not, you know, take it personally. Mm-hmm. Very rarely have I seen you. I mean, there was this one time lately that someone was... Got under your skin. I don't know if you took it personally. You didn't take it personally, though. But it was over a message board or something, and they were kind of attacking you and whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. This person doesn't know me. Yeah, and they, and, were, they were not and very... And just, and you could tell they were triggered and just yeah. like, oh, you're the target. And yeah, yeah. yeah. they so taken a whole bunch of things that I'd said to other people and put them together in like one response to me, taking everything out of context. Had right. it, and then, then they came at me with shock and awe. And I just like, I just giggled when I saw that, you know, they're trying to like scare me with all this, you know, supposedly like, uh, you know, dark sort of like nasty information. I'm going, oh, I knew about that stuff 30 years ago. Don't don't come at me like this. I've been researching this stuff for decades. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. And they they would change the subject because it was new to them. It was new new to them, and they thought they could trigger me and get a rise out of me. I'm just going, oh boy. Well, and that's I think when we come back around to what we're talking about at the beginning too, is that people want they do their egos do try to trigger you. They may not be conscious of it, but I know Alyssa when you're talking about it. Certain, you know, your situation at work, mm-hmm. you know, it's like 
people sometimes they want a reaction out of you. They want to try to get that. And then yeah. when they don't get it, they're like, oh, well, that didn't work. Yep. How can yeah. I how can I do this? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it's a constant practice. And sometimes it's annoying that we have people in our lives that are making us constantly practice. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But yeah. it is but it is a good it is a good lesson. I yeah. I will admit. Well, it's annoying. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's challenging. I mean, well, and part it is. of you is annoyed. <laughs> yeah. uh, what are you doing with your mind? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, right now, no. <laughs> I'm planning this and this and this. <laughs> mm, no, but yeah. but it is, it is annoying. It is frustrating at first because you know part of it is just uh, absorbing the new reality of witnessing what your mind and your ego does. Yeah. Yeah. And that was also like one of the things was, I can't take that person. I didn't know I was doing that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And when I began to like really accept that and understand that, I was just like, oh, right. I had no idea. So why am I beating myself up? I, yeah. I'm actually like, this is actually a good thing that I'm, I'm seeing it. So thank you for, you know, the universe for giving me this opportunity to see it. So yeah. that I can heal it, so I don't ever have to do it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. to like switch that in yeah. your in your mind instead of it being like this, like super annoying, like or like awful thing to be like, okay, like yeah, yep. maybe like maybe it's not my my favorite situation ever, but you're right, like yeah, yeah. like I, I've I've been able to like recognize it and and learn from it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And be like, this exactly. isn't. I don't have to worry about this. Like and this person is doing their own thing. It doesn't have to affect that's me. That's right. That's right. And what what that is, that is that is pure spiritual alchemy. That is real spiritual mm-hmm. alchemy. There's no book, no course, no one else can teach you that. No. When you give that to yourself in terms of understanding how to change that script, how to change that energy, how to observe that, you are giving yourself your own divine birthright. Yeah. Like that is your own God-given gift of being sovereign as a human to be able to make that choice for yourself and no one can take that from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And you also want to have to change another person. Because I think sometimes mm-hmm. when people annoy us, we want to figure out that thing to say or how to be so that yeah. <laughs> they will change and they'll be different and they'll grow. Yep. But that's not our job. No. That person has to consciously want to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's been a huge lesson for me in my life with people that I have cared about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always, you know, use the example of your dad and I getting a divorce, it's like, well, we couldn't change each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I knew that I could only change myself and he knew that and we were just at different places and we've been able to grow more mm-hmm. and better and differently yeah. by not being together. Oh, yeah. And, which, like, honestly, I think, like, as... I think I can speak for all all of your mm-hmm. children. <laughs> yeah. That, like, You're the spokesperson. That, like, yeah, that, like, it, like, it's, like, we've been able to see that. Like and mm-hmm. I and I, I agree. I don't think that the, yeah. that the kind of change that I have seen over like the last like what like ten, ten, ten years, years. Yeah. Well, that it's it like I don't think it would have happened if if you not guys, that way would have been no not yeah. the same way. Well, and the wonderful thing last night he came over for example and brought. Yeah, when I'm Dessert not there, for you guys. by the way. He wondered where you were. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> he came over and, you know, we talked about, like, we were able to talk about, well, hey, what does Natasha want to do for her birthday? And mm-hmm. we were talking about Christmas time and, well, hey, what do we, what do we want to do at Christmas? Do we want to yeah, yeah. have everyone together? Do we want to do things separate? Because we've always done Christmas separately where you do your thing with your dad and then you do things with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. And then I have, you know, my Oracle decks here and I just picked it out and it just felt right. And I was like, oh, do you want to pick a card? And all of us sitting around the table just picked a card. And he picked a card awesome. and he read his card and everybody asked him like, oh, what does it say? And he he, he actually thanked me for including him in that. And yeah. So was, that was kind That's of fun. Cool. Whereas I walked and I walked into the kitchen after that and I thought, oh, my God. And I the wow. thing is because I have been developing and I, and I started developing my spirituality and changing within our relationship and I think it was probably difficult for him at certain times Mm -hmm. because he didn't understand the kind of transformation that I was trying to do that I I remember walking into the kitchen last night and then going that's the first time that I've done something like that with him in front of him and I'm not worried about him thinking I'm a freak yeah yeah Hmm. 
And that's, that was pretty big. That he, that, was, that he did it. Like, he, he, he participated. He didn't have to. But it was, like, that's really awesome. cool because, I mean, I think he supported me in growing as a person, but he really didn't know how. And I think sometimes because I had chosen certain healers to work with and, you know, some of those people can be different, <laughs> let's yeah. say, right? Because... You know, it is. It's a different lifestyle and everything. I think he just didn't know what I was getting into. Yeah. I think he was concerned. And he it, it wasn't his journey at that time yeah. because he felt like it was something else. Yeah. So that was nice to sort of come around full circle and go, no, like, yeah. you know, because I have been taking courses and stuff and, and wanting to expand my own practice yeah. and to help other people. And so that was really neat to go, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, I can do this. And yeah, I'm not yeah, worried yeah. about, like, what... You know, what? It, what is he thinking about this? What is he... That's so that was cool. That is really cool. Because yeah. it's, like, it's cool that I can actually envision that now, even like I wasn't there. But like mm-hmm. trying to think about this, like even like five years ago, mm-hmm. six months ago. Like, no. Yeah, that's... Yeah, even yeah, even a few months ago. Cause, and then yeah. even just, just to add to like your own thing that like, you know, maybe he was able to support you in growing and he might not have understood. It was also like he didn't know how to do that for himself. And, exactly. it's, and it's really hard to, like, yeah. be able to support someone in that kind of way when you don't, don't even know how to do, how it, how to do it, for it for yourself. Because yeah. that's another thing is, like, that, you know, at least my ego. I think a lot well, of people... Well, and I didn't know how to support him doing that either. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But, like, so I was learning how to support myself. Yeah. So it's, I think it's very difficult when you both aren't equally on the same path. Yeah. Because then you've got a family and you have yep. all these other things and you don't really know how to support each other. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing that he and I could agree on is that we really did not know how to support each other, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is this is one of the things that I've found, too, is like when you actually support yourself by stopping your mind, stopping your patterns, changing everything, mm-hmm. it changes your dynamic with other people. Yeah. And, okay, yeah, absolutely. And with family especially, it'll change the whole dynamic in the family. Because you change your relations, because you um, begin to be more responsible with your thoughts, your expression, how and when and why and what emotional content or energy you put into how you're expressing yourself and why, it changes everything when you begin to relate to other people and with other people in a much more emotionally responsible way. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the dynamic changes, the energy changes, you stop holding space for the drama yeah. Yes. And the drama yeah. begins to disappear. Yeah. And I think and that's yeah. hard. That yeah. was hard to have me. like real conversations. Hmm. Yeah. I know that was hard for me because it was like I always kind of felt like growing up that uh, like relationships, especially relationships that it was like, oh, you have to like try to like f- help fix things. You have to like do this stuff and like <clears throat> and then it's never like it was really hard for me to come to terms with that. You know, like you, everyone is responsible for their own healing. Mm-hmm. It's as much as like you know, you want to be in a relationship with somebody if they're not actively working on themselves just as much as you are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It, you know, exactly. it, you can't. You yep. can't make anything work like that. When you can't make them either. Yeah, that's yeah, that's also yeah. that. That I feel like it has to be mm-hmm. like it always comes back to you, and I think that's that's right. Well, and, and I and I, and I I'm, I'm, always goes back for to me. me. <laughs> that was hard for me. Yeah, no, honestly, that was hard for me to like to come to terms with for a little bit. That I was like, you know, it's it's nothing that I'm doing. It's nothing that they're doing. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. your your own inner work that yep. Yep. is coming out to play. And you know, I and I've witnessed like since I started actively participating in doing my work that the dynamic in my family has changed dramatically. Like the, the dramas uh, disappeared yeah. in, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the conversations that I have with, with my family are very different. And the dynamic is so incredibly changed that I never would have guessed like five years ago, yeah. 10 years ago. I never, I never would have guessed that when I first started actively engaging myself and disciplining myself mm. and stopping my mind and changing my patterns and consciously participating in that discipline, the kind of positive benefit it would have on my family without me having to like sit them down and explain the rules and blah, 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 blah. Just the way I was actually choosing to be more emotionally responsible. Right. Yes. And not leave any space for the lack of responsibility 
and even calling them without having to go into yeah. like the whole explanation. Just like no, no, mm-hmm. no. Just like no, no. Just like stop. We're, we're just like we're done talking about that now. We can talk about this. Right. And actually, like being firm, and it's not necessarily about boundaries. It's just the communication, the conscious communication, mm-hmm. the ethical, principled communication. And actively participating and understanding that 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 is like what you need to do for yourself. It's got nothing to do with the other people. Yeah. You do that yeah. for yourself in your own sanity. Well, because we often want other people, especially family, can be big. Like when we're changing, we want them to change too, because that's our primary relationship, like with parents or like siblings and stuff, right? Yeah. And if they're not changing, but we want them to, so we feel like. At least I know I did at one point where I'm like, but I want you guys to learn this too so that we can still, we can all have this kind of relationship. But you have to come, I came to the point where it's like, oh, they're all on their own path and it's really about me. How do I choose to participate with all of these people or each of them individually instead of trying to make them into something that I would prefer because Mm -hmm. that would make me happy. Mm -hmm. However they're either happy or they're not happy or they're they're where they're yeah. at and to accept that yeah. and then i and, and to not know. reject where someone is and yeah yeah because when you reject, not be upset when, about when it. Wanted, yeah, yeah that's that was a huge thing for me when i when i stopped being upset or rejecting where someone was and wanted to change them or wanted to be more right mm-hmm. and needing to explain and convince them yeah, that more i was more right, right and how yeah. yeah i'm more right than you i'm yeah. more right than you yeah. even though even though i understood i was i was being the you know the emotional adult yeah. I was being the the emotionally responsible one and actually communicating ethically and principally principled in a principled fashion. Even though I knew I was doing that, there was no way that they would accept yeah. that that was true. So I was like, okay. Right, because that's true for you. Yep. But it wasn't true for them. Yep. And you can't make your truth someone else's truth. That's right. You can't. Yeah. You cannot. But you can demonstrate, you can lead by example, and Mm. you can show them that you are different just by being different. And you don't have to explain anything to anyone. Yeah. If they ask, they ask. If they actually want to have a conversation, then you have the conversation. Yeah. And honestly, just waiting and holding my space and doing stuff for my own sanity, um, like one of the simple things in terms of changing the dynamic in my workplace was actually... Deciding to take days for myself, to not come into the office, to not go in, to not participate, to not put myself out there constantly, day in, day out for someone else. Right. And actually start taking time for myself and accepting that I had that responsibility to mm. myself, for mm-hmm. myself. And it had nothing to do with upsetting the other person or my boss or uh, wanting to control the situation. It was just simply... No, I actually need a day for my Saturday. I actually need a day to recover. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, especially like in, in winter here in Manitoba, like mm-hmm. you know, the, the roads, the driving. <laughs> yeah. Driving Speaking for three, three, four, yeah, on, <laughs> on this winter day. We wonder what tomorrow will be like. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe so, a snow day. So, so we I, may call it. Yeah. <laughs> so actually accepting the fact and not, not rejecting my fatigue. Not rejecting the space that my body, my mind actually were asking of me. Yeah. Mm, that's a big right? one. Yeah, because we often reject that about ourselves mm-hmm. in favor of making sure other people are happy. So that we, exactly, so that we're accepted and so we're that accepted, we're accepted, people, yeah. And I got, I got to the place where I was just like, no, I can't. Screw it. I'm staying home. You know, and <laughs> it's kind of the way it is, right? We get to that breaking part where we're like, okay, I either start taking care of myself now, yep. or it's never going to happen. Yeah. So I got to do it now because this is for my own health and my own sanity. Exactly, especially yeah. after I got divorced, I needed I needed the time to myself. Sometimes I take two days off. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I'd, I'd have I'd have a long weekend. Yeah, and you were in a fortunate position. You worked for your family business. So yeah, you, I could you do could that. do that. Very, and you could very, do some work lucky. at home, and yeah. yeah. I mean, we recognize that not everyone yeah, not, would be able to do that. Well, However, I do feel that our society should move towards more towards that. Oh, absolutely. For, I mean, because even with the kids going back to school full time, that was one of my sort of stresses at first, where I had to go like, okay, uh, okay, don't don't project onto a situation, but just that. 
you know, everyone's back at school and you and when you've been off half time and you see how it can work, it's like, why are we forcing ourselves to do this every day? Yeah. Why are we putting ourselves in this place where we're stressed out and then we may get sick and we put ourselves in an imbalance? Yeah. And you kind of start questioning, like, what is actually necessary and what would be better, more beneficial to your, to everyone's health, physical yeah. and mental. Yeah, exactly. All right. I think we should leave it there. Yep. That's, okay. That's a lot. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Thanks All right. Thanks for joining us. Bye. <laughs>